Welcome to A Presence on Your Journey, which is a podcast of community autism resources. I'm very, very happy to welcome as our guest, Mary Fox, who is the instructor or facilitator, I should say, for peer registered program. So I'd like to start by having you give a brief background on yourself and how you got interested in this area. Sure. So I became interested in this field when my best friend's family adopted a four-year-old boy who had a diagnosis of autism. And I was 16 when they adopted him, and I watched him get to grow up, and he's 22 now. And just seeing all of the services that were available and also the ones that weren't available to him kind of got me interested in wanting to do more in this field. So that's how I got started there. went to college at Bridgewater State University and worked with a few programs that specialize with adults with disabilities. And then I met Kate Dancero at a training for autism, and the rest is history. I started working for CAR. And then I found the peers program and I thought that it was amazing and something that the South Shore of Mass totally needed for our adults with autism. So I talked to Barbara and figured out a way to make it work. And I went out to UCLA and I did the training and now I'm a registered provider. Now, what is the PEER Registered Program? So PEER stands for the Program for the Education and Enrichment of Relational Skills. So it teaches skills on how to make friends, how to keep friends. We talk about dating for four weeks. And then we talk about bullying and how to appropriately handle getting bullied. Because unfortunately, when we think of bullying, we think of it happening to younger kids and middle schoolers. But as we're seeing, it happens as adults as well. So we want to teach our folks how to appropriately handle it when it happens to them. And what are the goals of the program? Just friendships, relationships, being successful and having friendships across the board, whether it's your work, school, just in general. I mean, we all create a social life. We all need somebody to talk to when things are good and when things are bad. So this is just a program that helps people work on those skills. And we actually put time aside in each lesson where we can practice the skills. So they get a chance to practice with myself and any volunteers that we have before we would ever ask them to go out into the community and try to practice these skills on their own. So we can make sure that they're really comfortable with what they're learning. You may have touched on this already, but I wonder if you can give us some examples of some of the skills that are taught in this program. Sure. So, for example, just off the top of my head, one of the ones that we cover is how to enter a group conversation. So, picture being at like a college campus in a cafeteria, and you see a group of people that you want to go up and talk to. But you can't just walk up and say, hi, I'm Mary, I'd like to talk to you guys, because then you're going to get looked at like you're awkward and crazy for even approaching them. So we talk about the skills on how to use your phone as a prop, and you can be listening to the conversation and hear what they're talking about before approaching them. So when you do go over, you already know what they're saying, and you can kind of just say, oh, I'm sorry, were you talking about Pokemon Go? I love that. And then they can use that common interest to work their way into the conversation. So would you say eavesdropping is one of the skills that you would... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call it listening before joining. But yeah, it's, it's basically eavesdropping. Uh, but we teach them to use the phone as a prop because it doesn't look like they're just listening awkwardly. They could be checking their Facebook or email and nobody would know that they're listening. Part of this program involves a coach. So I wonder if you can kind of go into a little bit about the role the coach plays and if you can conceivably go through this program without a social coach. Yep. So the social coach plays a huge role in this. And the social coach can be anybody that works with the young adult. When I say works, I mean has experience in the community with them. So it could be their parent. It could be an adult sibling. It could be a relative. 
It could be another friend. It could be a job coach. Anybody that spends time in the community with this individual. And their role is they join the program with the young adult, and then we actually separate. So I take the young adults and work on the skills with them. And then Shannon Souza, who is our registered SLP, she takes the social coaches, teaches them the same material, but in a little bit different way. So that when the young adults are out in the community, the social coaches know the buzzwords that we talked about in the course. So they can kind of help coach them in the real world. Because we can only do so much in the hour and a half that we're with them. And then we kind of hope that the social coach can carry that over into real life skills. The course can be taken without a social coach if the young adult doesn't have anybody in their life that would be willing to do that with them. It's just not as successful because they don't have that piece to carry it outside of the course. So we do allow people to attend without a social coach. We just highly recommend that they have somebody to take it with them. So I hope I'm not being too repetitive here, but what would be the kinds of things that you would require of a social coach and do they require any training? They don't require any training. We just ask that they show up. It's the same social code to every session so that we can get a relationship with them. They can feel comfortable with us and they're learning the material right alongside of the young adults. So we're learning the same words. So like when I say use a phone as a prop, the social coach is also learning how to say that so that when they're outside in the community with their young adult, they can say, don't forget your prop and the young adult will know what they're talking about and everybody's on the same page. If the young adult doesn't have the social coach, there's just no carryover for them. So it's a little bit harder to practice those skills without having the reminder of those buzzwords. This program, I wonder if we can break it down a little and kind of go through an outline of what a typical peers registered program would look like. What would be a course breakdown? Sure, so I'll go through it from start to finish. We do our marketing when we're ready to start a session, and that's usually on our Facebook, Instagram, website, and just through word of mouth. And once I get enough people interested in it, I do a phone call with the social coach and the young adult just to make sure that everybody is motivated because this program won't be successful if the young adult is being forced to go. They need to have the motivation to want to be there and want to learn these skills. So I have a conversation with them. It's just a quick call. I kind of explain what we do, what we talk about, and I can kind of get a judge on if they are interested or not. And if I feel like they're a good fit, then we go ahead and I register them and I keep a spreadsheet. We usually try to keep it between 10 and 12 participants. And then once I get the, the group, go ahead and start. And the first session is mostly like an introduction. So we have the social coaches and the young adults all sit together in the same room. And we go over what to expect, what not to expect, and how the course is going to be run. And then we have the social coaches break off, and they go into a different room with Shannon, and the young adults stay with me. We present them the material that they're going to learn, and then we give them time to practice, which is a huge piece of it. You can't be good at something without practicing, so I would never tell them how to use a prop without having them practice in front of me first, so I can give them tips on, well, maybe don't forget to look up from your phone. Don't just stare at your phone when you're trying to approach the group. You have to look up. Just tips like that, like I can view them practicing and be able to help fix it in the moment. And we meet for 16 weeks, and it's an hour and a half each night. 
that we meet, and we go over all the skills, practice time, and then we have a little bit of time at the end where the social coaches come back into our room, and we kind of talk about if there's any questions, if anybody needs to work on anything specific, and then we go the night. And at the end of the 16 weeks, we have a big ceremony, a little pizza party. Everybody gets a certification of attending and being there. It's a huge commitment, so we want to make sure that we appreciate everybody showing up and being there. So we have a nice little party at the end, just my favorite part. Do you require some kind of a selection process or an interview to get participants for the program? So I don't do as much of an intense interview as they do at the UCLA program. I do that phone call in the beginning, and that's basically it. I use that as my judgment on if they're a good fit or not. Because you can tell from being on the phone with somebody if they're absolutely not interested at all. They don't ask any questions about it, and they're just kind of like, yeah, my mom's making me do this. Well, then they're not going to be a good fit because they're not going to have the motivation there to support it. And you don't really facilitate a 16-week version. Is there a shorter version that you do? So the first session that we did was the 16-week. We found that it was really long, and we had started it over the holidays. So I don't know. We had perfect attendance the entire time. I was really impressed with everybody that signed up. Everybody came every week, and it was great. But we're trying to figure out a way to break it down into doing all 16 chapters in eight weeks. We're going to start that this summer, but obviously with everything with the coronavirus, we weren't able to do that in person. So we did it over Zoom. We did an online course, and next Wednesday, next week is our last session of the eight weeks. And I think it's been pretty successful doing it in the eight-week format instead of the 16. So I think the next time that we schedule a face-to-face -face session, it will be the eight weeks. What was the online experience like? It's been really great. We have 11 participants, and all of them have shown up every week, along with their social coaches. And Zoom has been great because there's a breakout room feature, so you can have the social coaches leave and go into a different room with Shannon, just like we would in person. And then we can all come back at the end as well. So the format of it has been pretty good. I will say that there's a huge thing from being in person because you can't really practice a lot of the skills over the computer. It's kind of hard to flirt with your eyes when you're looking at a computer screen. <laughs> so can we go into maybe what were the differences that you noticed between your in-person and I know you mentioned some of them already, but what was kind of the differences in dynamics and stuff like that and the interaction between an in-person program and the online experience that you had? So it's been tough building a relationship with the young adults because I only see them on the computer screen for an hour and a half to two hours instead of being there in front of them, getting to know them, knowing what they like, what they don't like. And you can't really do that over the computer screen. It's been great. Don't get me wrong. I've really enjoyed this session. I just know that there's a huge piece missing with being in person in the same group there's the friendships that are being made in the group that aren't there on the computer screen. And with the social coaches, there usually is a bunch of laughter and they're sharing stories about their adult children or their brothers and sisters. And it's just hard to do that on Zoom because anybody that's listening to this probably has used Zoom at this point for the virus. So you know that it's difficult for people to have that kind of back and forth conversation because you don't want to interrupt somebody else. You see the yellow highlighting around your Zoom box and you feel bad that you've interrupted somebody. So that's been pretty hard to build the relationships. I would say that's really the only piece that's missing. And for the young adults, being able to practice the skills in front of us has also been a huge piece that's missing.
So from my own mind, because you mentioned this is going way back earlier now, the social coaches, they go into a, a separate room with Shannon. Is that correct during the course right. of the... Okay. So are they learning the same skills so that they can go back and practice with the participants? Do I have that right? You do, yeah. So when we do it in person, when there's not the coronavirus that has the restrictions in the community, we actually assign homework. So part of their homework, we would have the young adults practice entering a group conversation. And we haven't really been able to do that because you can't have a group conversation in your house while you're in quarantine. So <laughs> so that's been a piece, but that's to no fault of doing it online. That's just because of what's going on right now in our country. Well, the world. And you anticipate that you could still do a nice celebratory closing ceremony at the end of this online experience? Yeah, next week is our last week. And we're going to we have one chapter left to cover. And then at the end of that chapter, we're all going to come together, the social coaches and the young adults. And we're going to play a game like bingo or Pictionary or something and just kind of hang out with each other for a little while online. And then I'm going to mail everybody their certificates. So let's talk about the role of the facilitator for a few minutes, if you don't mind. What kind of training did you have to go through? So I actually flew out to UCLA out in California. And I had a 27-hour training over three days, and it was with the person that created this program, Elizabeth Logason. So I got to learn right from the creator, and it was great. She broke down every chapter, and she gave us all the book that was part of the training. And she had us go through and make notes, like, I wrote this, but then we found out that that doesn't work, so don't say this part when you're teaching it. We got to sit in on one of her sessions. There's probably about 100 people that did the training with me. So she split us off into two different groups, and we each got to see the other adults training session, and then we got to see a social coach training session. So we got to see how they facilitated being the creators of the program, and then they're always available to us. Part of the cost of the training is for them to be available whenever we have any calls, um, questions, I'm sorry. We can call them, email them, and they're always right there to help us with us. Do you anticipate another online version of this program? So I'm trying to figure that out now. Myself and Shannon are talking about it. I'm due to have my second child at the end of August, so I don't know how much time I'm going to have to squeeze in another session before that. So depending on what's happening with the virus, I would prefer to do an in-person one, but I would definitely do another online course if we weren't able to meet in person. I'm wondering if there's anything that we've left out that you wanted to stress regarding this peer-registered program, anything that I could have gone into a little more or anything else that you'd like our listeners to know about. Yeah, actually, when you just said that, it reminded me that I never talked about how we do role plays in front of the young adults. So that's another huge piece of it. So when we're doing the in-person one, I have a college intern that volunteers with me, and we do the role plays of the skills being taught in front of the young adults. So we do it inappropriately the first time. So just for example, like when we're on the dating chapter and we're talking about flirting, I show what it looks like when you're awkwardly staring at somebody instead of flirting appropriately with your eyes. So we show them what it looks like and ask them, how do you think this made the other person feel? And it's really good for them to see that because they're like, oh yeah, that was really awkward. Kind of looks like a creepy stalker. So they can see it happening in front of them. We talk about it after and then they go ahead and practice it. 
the online version, Elizabeth Lagerson has put all of the roleplay videos on the Peers Trainer website. So I can go on there and show them the roleplay videos by sharing my screen on Zoom. So they're not missing out on seeing the roleplays. They can still see how it looks. Mary, I want to thank you very, very much for explaining and describing this program and being with us on Community Autism Resources, a presence on your journey. Thank you so much for giving us some insights into the program, and I continue to wish you the best of luck in doing this in the future. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on. I think this program is amazing, and the more people that learn about it and take it, we'll see how successful it is, and hopefully we'll just be able to continue this as a yearly thing. I'm sorry, not a yearly thing, an ongoing thing throughout the years and all of our young adults that we support can get these valuable skills. So thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. I just want to remind everybody that music used on A Presence on Your Journey is by George Winston. A Presence on Your Journey is a podcast of community autism resources. Barbara Domain is our executive director. Nick Domain is our executive producer. You can hear this podcast anytime on demand by going to our website, www.community-autism-resources.com where you can listen to this program on demand, but you can find out all kinds of things and services that Community Autism Resources offers. And you can also access this podcast on any of your smart speakers. My name is Dennis Porcelli. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.